Nation. This is Josh Reeser, host of Ethos Bengals, part of the Sports Ethos Network. You can find me on Twitter at R-I-E-S-S-E-R-1-4, and you can find this Bengals coverage at, at Ethos Bengals. Thank you for making me your first listen of the day. Always appreciate it, even if it's not the first. It's a beautiful day in Madison, Wisconsin. I was able to get a nice walk in today. Uh, big, big advocate for the daily walks. And now there's just some XFL on the TV. It's been kind of fun to watch, actually. Uh, some former Bengals going at it right now as we speak. Uh, A.J. McCarron is the quarterback for the St. Louis squad. And he's going against practice squad and preseason hero Jacques Patrick the uh, thumping running back who was eventually scooped by the 49ers to uh, never really receive any action unfortunately he was a big fan favorite uh, another former Bengal was Drew Plitt a quarterback who actually tore it up for Arlington it's kind of fun to see a league like this uh, actually generate and actually someone that knows what they're doing with some money, The Rock, as opposed to Vince McMahon. Um, but anyways, you know, there's always it's always nice to see some fun prospects come out of these. Uh, Turbin from Dallas ended up winning Special Teams Player of the Year as a kick returner. So you never know what you might find. Last episode we were talking a lot about the coaching and if any of the staff was going to leave the Bengals. Uh, fortunately, that's not going to happen. Probably the biggest news is that Olu is going to stick around in at least another year, hopefully more, but if this cycle was an indication of anything, it means he's probably on his way out pretty soon. Uh, that's huge. He was in talks with Arizona. They decided to go with Gannon from Philadelphia, their defensive coordinator. Uh, kind of interesting move by Arizona, actually. Uh, complete 180, turning around from Cliff Kingsbury, who was uh, supposedly an offensive genius. No, maybe sometimes you just need a little, little kick in the behind uh, to get the team going. See how he uh, interacts with Kyler. That'll be that'll be fun. But back to Lou, maybe that means Von Bell stays. A couple other guys that are attached with him. He seems to get good work from the cornerbacks. So I'm not a big Eli Apple guy, but if he re-ups cheap. I guess he can't really complain too much about that. Uh, Brian Callahan, he's going to stay. He was in talks with Indianapolis, and they decided to go with Steichen, who was the Eagles' offensive coordinator, uh, which there was I had hit on, my, on the last episode. If Cincinnati were to lose both of those coordinators, who have been with Zach the entire time, uh, you lose a lot of cohesion, and that's that would have been big. Uh, instead, Philly loses that, who just in the Super Bowl, just like the Bengals the year before, uh, interesting to see what happens over there. Glad it's not happening in Cincinnati quite yet. Uh, Dan Pitcher is going to stay as the quarterback's coach. He's really gotten a lot of success out of Joe Burrow, like everybody knows. He got promoted in 2020, and since then, I don't think anybody can complain. Uh, Troy Walters, he's going to stay as the receiver's coach. He had a couple offensive coordinator interviews, uh, nothing seemed to happen obviously but just like pitcher he was promoted in 2020 as well and 
look what he's done with the likes of Higgins, Chase, Boyd. He gets Trent Irwin to step up when he needs to. So he works well with the young receivers. I can see why he can why he's been getting a lot of looks as well. Uh, transitioning away from just the Bengals for a second, I want to kind of get a little quick hits on what's been going on in the AFC North the past week or so. Uh, and then also touch on the Super Bowl a little bit. I kind of mentioned it a little bit. Uh, but Ravens, Greg Roman's out. They hire Todd Monken. There's going to be a lot less running. Does that coincide with uh, the Lamar Jackson contract halt? That is apparently $100 million off. Maybe. He, Monken's been with Georgia the past couple of years. And you can see with Stetson Bennett, it's been more of a kind of get the hand, get the ball out of the hands quick. Rely on, I mean, they do rely on rushing a lot, but they kind of have guys that have more so jobs as opposed to leading on leaning on one workhorse. UGA is a running back factory, so it kind of, I think that's a good move for the Ravens, and I don't like that. Uh, also touching on Lamar trade talk, so the Jets maybe. If they don't get Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of fun. Uh, Browns, they lose their quarterback coach, Petzig. Uh, he goes to the Cardinals and follows Gannon. They had worked previously together in Minnesota, I believe. Uh, that one's kind of interesting. You saw towards the end layer of the year, the Browns kind of struggled with Watson coming back. But he did get good work out of Jacoby Brissett, who always seemed to have the Bengals number when they played. And then uh, Steelers, losing their linebacker coach, old Brian Flores, the old Dolphins head coach. He's going to Minnesota for a defense coordinator job. So he, he was in talks with a couple of head coaching gigs, I think, as well. So maybe he wants another year to kind of pad his resume. Whatever makes the Steelers worse, that <laughs> never hurt any of us, right? With the way that the AFC North is kind of shaping up, with Steelers rebuilding, the Browns kind of in, in flux, it seems, to myself at least. Uh, Ravens, if they retain Lamar, you know, they're always going to be dangerous. But if they have to move on and start, say, Tyler Huntley, who's who's wrong to think that the Bengals don't repeat as divisional champions just based off of right now? It just kind of seems that it's, there's a lot of change going on. Um, but, anywho, back to the Bengals. Uh, no new contract updates. We're still waiting for the old Joe Burrow domino to fall. I think that's going to dictate a lot on what the Bengals do the rest of the extension. If they can get T done this offseason, if they extend Logan Wilson, I believe DJ Reader is eligible. Maybe they re redo uh, Trey Hendrickson's. He's going to be 30 next year. I believe he only has one year after this. So a lot that can be done, but like I said, Burrow's got to be the first one to get it because we get, need to see what kind of contract they're going to do. Is it going to be the Mahomes-ish? 10 years? $600 million? Uh, I saw that Jalen Hurts is going to probably be extended this offseason as well. The Eagles are trying to get him done before the likes of Herbert and Joey B. So they're trying to trying to get in front of that line because numbers only going up every offseason. That said, T. Higgins wants to stay. He's let it been known. I don't know if he's willing to take any price cut or anything. I wouldn't blame the guy if he didn't. 
but the fact that he wants to stay with Joe and Jamar, that really means this t- young team, which I think I re- I heard they were the if not the youngest team in the playoffs. They were one of the one of the bottom youngest. Anyways, T wants to stay. I love that. Uh, someone I don't want to stay is Joe Mixon. And I know I harp on him every episode because I just can't stand him. I can't stand the contract they gave him. It just saving $10 million this offseason would go so much... Could go so much other directions. Put it towards the right tackle. We don't know what's going on with Lael. Two surgeries back-to-back and did not look like himself this year after all the bodyguard talk and nonsense. Two other Bengals won underneath the knife this past week as well. Uh, life left tackle Jonah Williams, defensive end Joseph Asai. Uh, Jonah had surgery on his dislocated kneecap that happened earlier in the year, and he was playing on that. Uh, he's expected to be fully cleared by June before camp, so that's good. Uh, but just like Lael, he had a down season. Bengals really have questions at both tackles. Did Carmen look better than him? I don't think so. Um, but going in a training camp, there's going to be a lot of questions and a lot of battles, I hope. You know, competition brings the best out of everybody. Uh, Osai had surgery on a torn labrum that he suffered late in that game. Uh, we don't need to talk too much about that last game he was in. Uh, he also missed 2021 with a torn meniscus, so I hope this isn't a reoccurring thing. He has really looked good when he's on the field. And if him, Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard can all get a full season together, that could be a really dangerous pass rush with Reeder and B.J. Hill in the middle. Maybe they do look to add another defensive lineman in the draft. Before I get into a couple draft prospects, I do want to shout out one big-time Bengal in my life, uh, A.J. Green. It was always fun watching him play. I grew up mainly uh, outside of Atlanta, so I saw almost every UGA game. I didn't want to, but I did. And he... He was so fun with the Bengals. Him and Andy Dalton that rookie season. I'll never forget that. Them going to the playoffs and then uh, losing to TJ Yates and the Houston Texans on some. It was close to Christmas. I remember that. wasn't wasn't very fun. But yeah, thanks AJ. It was a great season. I, I wish he would have retired as a Bengal. I don't know if he still can, but I figured he would sign at least a one day contract with them or something. Uh, he has. He and his wife had stated on social media that they're going to root for Bengal, the Bengals, so I guess take that as it is. Now, getting into a couple draft draft prospects. I just want to talk about a few, because uh, I don't have enough information on on them all yet, and or who the Bengals have re-signed or not, and I think a lot of that's going to dictate, like if these first two I'm going to talk about, basically... I think should be selected if we don't re-sign Hayden Hurst. Uh, Drew Sample's contract, I believe, is also up. You know, the uh, second-round blocking specialist that, as far as I can remember, the best play he, or the biggest highlight or low light, was him getting his ball stripped from Khalil Mack in the end zone against the Bears a couple of years ago. I think that's when C.J. Uzama was hurt, so... Yeah, anyways, uh, late first round is where the Bengals get a select, so not sure who's going to be there, not sure what they're quite looking at yet, but one kid I really like is Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, 6'4", 265, 
He's a good blocker. He's not the most explosive or fast tight end. He's kind of more in like a, a Kelsey underneath mold kind of guy or a reliable catch, although Kelsey's really good after the catch, so maybe I shouldn't compare that. But just the way that he can move underneath and the way that he can help in the blocking game and give a good chip at the line of scrimmage, that's something the Bengals need so bad. And then going along with that, another guy I like, same same position, is Darnell Washington on VGA as well. But this kid is basically another offensive lineman. 6'7", 270, finished fifth in blocking in college football this season, which is something the Bengals, you know, you know the Bengals need that. Huge catch radius would be great in the red zone. Seems like the Bengals always struggle when they get down there. Whether it's not being able to just run the ball out of the goal line formation. I don't know what this asphyxiation is of the entire league running out of shotgun. I can't stand it. Or audibling it to a end around and uh, not getting it. Just saying, have another blocker that can also catch. be huge down there. Uh, and then just throwing this out there hypothetically, what if they able able to get both of those guys? Tyler Boyd's going to be due soon. Maybe they can just trade him away for a mid-third-round pick, maybe two of them. And then Bengals can go to more two-tight end splits. You get Jamar and T out wide. Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington on the line, both chipping. So Joe gets a little more time. Uh, of course, this is all me just talking nonsense, but a man can dream, can he? Another guy that would be fun for the Bengals offense. I guess I'm just kind of looking at offensive guys today. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, the receiver out of Tennessee. Uh, the guy that scored four or five touchdowns against Alabama. For some reason, I thought he was a bigger guy, but he's about he's about 5'10", 5'11", maybe six foot, 180. But he's fast. He's like fast, fast. He's like Will Fuller. If Bengals could add the Will Fuller type of player that can finish the catch, the offense would be so, so crazy. We finally have a true speedster that could take off the top, let T just handle the possession games, and then just get the ball in Jamar's hands as soon as we can. If that means losing Tyler Boyd out of the slot, that's okay. Although he'll probably still be there another year or two. Um, just be kind of fun. You know, someone that can finish those huge explosive pass plays that we missed this season that were there the year before. Hmm. And this is just me touching on a couple guys. I definitely will go deeper into this draft class and see who the, who fits the Bengals scheme and who I can hear some tidbits about. Or once I start diving, diving deeper into the combine, maybe you hear a little more little more talks but well i just want to say thanks again guys for listening to uh ethos bangles a part of the sports ethos network again you can find me josh reeser at, on twitter at r-i-e-s-s-e-r-1-4 you can find the ethos bangles at ethos bangles for all your bangles news and updates and you bangle fans have yourselves a good evening and who day? All day.